But people used to really carry their lunches in a pail. Yeah. So it's, I heard lunch bucket. Lunch bucket. And, but you know what? A bucket is a pail. Mm-hmm. How about that? And what then call, a lunch box. What do we call, you know, when we little kids and we took our lunches in the, in the, in the bucket, in the, you know, the can thing. The, the tin. Tin. Yeah, a, a lunch box. Lunch box, yeah. And that was the only thing I knew. Yeah, And, box, and then right. I heard the word sack for paper bag. And that's regional. People in different parts of the country use the word sack yep. for what I grew up with as a paper bag. Right. They, they call it a paper sack. Yep. And that's kind of southern, too. So, pretty cool. Pretty well, anyway, that was Jimmy Carter. And the the more I learn about that man, the more I understand that president probably was not his calling. No. But other things that he has done so extremely well with in, in the humanitarian area especially probably is where he should have stayed. You're right. Anyway, that, that's where I'm learning to appreciate him. <laughs> what do you think? I think that's a good thing. Good recommendation. Uh, you think? I think. Yeah. I know. Although, you know, the tax system is a disgrace to the human race would make it in my book. That's I wonder true. why he didn't say that out loud when he was president. He must have. He just was not a, a very strong public speaker. I think He that was, was not. You know, I mean, anybody... Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay in the Rose Garden until the prisoners are released, yeah. or the hostages are released. Yeah. It's not the brightest bulb talking there. Yeah. You know? I agree. I agree with you. I mean, really. It might have been a wonderful stand in his southern community, but it sure didn't do anything for the country. No. Okay. All right. We're going to play a show? We're going to play a show. Yay! And then we can get a snack, and everybody's going to have a good show to listen to, and yay! It's going to be one of my favorites, too. You bet. Yeah. Which one are you playing first? We're going to go with Decorating the Christmas Tree White from December 18th, 1945. Great, and Fibber gets himself into trouble again. Oh, this is yes. the one where poor Fibber decided that, and we talked about this last week, didn't we, mm-hmm. when white Christmas trees came into vogue. Right. And it really wasn't a white Christmas tree. It was painted white. And when I say not a white Christmas tree, I mean, I, I had the impression that the tree wasn't painted all white, but that like the tips and the the outside of it was painted like it had snow on it. Yep. But now I'm thinking maybe it really was all white. I guess we're going to have to find a picture. A picture. We're, we're going to have to find some opinions on uh-huh. that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, painting a tree all white is, is a little bit more than a whoosh, 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 that yep. he talks about in yep. the show. It really is a cute show, and I like this one a lot. So thank you for playing this one. We will be back after... Painting the Christmas Tree White from December 18th, 1945. Do you want me to hang up and you call back? Well, I'll call back. So. I'll, I'll, I'll hang up then. Okay. Right. Bye. Talk to you later. Here we go, everybody. <laughs> Oh, see what I did wrong? Let's see here. Let's see here.
We'll put that up. Put our little Bing Crosby here. Okay. And this should be it. We'll close the door. Here we go. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax Products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. What two things are you most anxious to have in your home? Aren't they beauty and cleanliness? Well, think for a moment how easily and inexpensively you can have both beauty and cleanliness just with an occasional application of genuine Johnson's wax to your floors, furniture, and woodwork. A rich, mellow, polished wax surface is a thing of beauty in itself. The wax brings out the grain and beauty of the wood. It adds a soft luster to leather, linoleum, and metal surfaces. And, of course, this tough wax film protects these surfaces against wear, dirt, and moisture. Dust and dirt do not adhere readily to a wax-polished surface. So cleaning is not only easier, but a waxed home is actually cleaner and more sanitary. Johnson's Wax is of the very finest quality and long-wearing. The cost is really very little. So why not practice protective housekeeping in your home with genuine Johnson's Wax? Dealers everywhere carry it. There are certain people who simply won't admit that nature does anything right. They are the kind who gild cattails, paint whose little tootsie are you on the shells of baby turtles, and clip poodle dogs to look like anemic lions. Here's one of those people now, as we meet Fibber McGee and Molly. Hey, Fred, how much you charge me to paint this Christmas tree white? Why do you want it white, McGee? What do you mean, why do I want it white? You got a hundred trees in this lot you've painted white? Yeah, and I think they're horrible. What? This is the National Broadcasting Company. And that's December 18th, 1945. And we'll be back really soon here with Patricia. So please stand by.
And Adorable and I are back. I'm eating my bag Which of popcorn. Hmm? Which one of us is adorable? You are. Just checking. Yeah. You're, I said Adorable and I are back. And you are so lovable. Oh, I'm glad. Yes. I shouldn't hang up when you switch over to a show. I misunderstood all along that you needed to call me back when you hopped over to a show, but you don't need to do that, do you? Uh-uh. If I, if I just stay put, you'll be right back on. Uh-huh. But yeah. I, know, I know we like to keep the phone charged, so that's why we generally we let you hang up the phone. You know what? Since I've gotten this new one, I have never run out of energy no matter how much you abuse me. I would never abuse my Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> you poor because, because you know, I, I I I think I think the family would 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 take me out to a snow bank and roll me in the snow if I ever did that. I just you're you're untouchable. You think I'm going to? Do you yeah. really think I'm going to allow someone else to have that joy? <laughs> no, no, that's that is Patricia. I might. Sh- I just don't, I just, I know I'm safe because I know she's never, ever going to go back into the cold weather. You know, there are times I might make an exception. Ooh. And have you decided what they are or are you still working on that, Wes? One of them might be, I won't commit to it, but Uh one of them might be to get Walden buried in. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just build him right up to his chin uh-huh. and he will say I wonder what this stuff is so where, where where are we Pretty. gonna where are we gonna do this are we gonna go this are we gonna go visit Bob in Wisconsin or, or down in Indiana or any other place that has snow gee we have so many choices I know we do we're in Chicago Ray, hmm. Ray Ray might be good Ray would adopt us mm-hmm Ray, are you out there? No, he doesn't listen. No, to he points. Sn- he points golf in the snow the time in the morning. Oh my gosh! You know, every once in a while I'll get an email from him. I was out playing golf yesterday and I shot X, Y, and Z. Wait a minute! The temperature was just above freezing. That's right. That's right. Mm. <laughs> as long as it's above freezing, he said he's he's wearing down now. He has, I think he said forty-five. Can you imagine playing golf in forty-five degree weather? Well, you, I, I have survival problems at 45 degrees. You know what the worst thing would be, be really, playing golf? If your hands were so cold, so if you hit, if you hit a shot wrong, the sting in oh. your hand would be bad. Oh, yeah, and I asked him that. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you get your hands around the, a, a golf club, the grip of a golf club? Yep. How do you grip when your hands are so cold you can't bend your fingers? Right. He doesn't seem to have problems. There are some people who are, are just so into things that please them and activities mm-hmm. and hobbies that everything else just kind of fades into the background. Well, maybe huh. maybe got hand warmers or something like that. Or I, I would hope so. Mm-hmm. I worry about our family when they do stuff like that. I know. You know? I know. I know. This is, a delicate, this is a delicate little family here. You know, when when somebody no longer calls us, it's, it's troublesome. And when somebody gets sick, that's troublesome. You know, it's all. Very worrisome. Mm-hmm. Very worrisome. Like, Matt in California 
bless his heart, I keep saying, please, please, please send me an address, send me an address. And I don't get, and, and I can't find it. I have to believe, which is not always correct, but I do believe. I probably didn't get one or it wound up being misdirected because I have searched everything from my email to my my label setup to mm-hmm. my address book. Nothing. I don't have anything from Matt in California except some CDs that I promised him. So, Matt, please send your address to floridawriter at hotmail.com. floridawriter at hotmail.com. Com. And everybody else can send me an email at floridawriter at hotmail.com. And I even answer. And it's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's right. We never close. No. We never go home either. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we have appropriated, what, what, what do we call it when we take over? Uh, just a coup. A coup d'etat. A coup d'etat. We're going, we're going to have a coup d'etat. Well, let's see, we'll be on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, so there's five days, and let's say our average broadcast been five hours, so we, we, we gobbled up 25 hours, 25 hours this week, and, and I was talking to Larry Gaffin just before the show, he said, are you guys going to run out of anything to say, and I said, nope, I don't think, you've got to be kidding me, <laughs> I'm part of this. <laughs> Walden says, I have an opinion on everything. I also have a bucket of words that never runs dry. I think also it's the way we have it structured that I think the theme helps. I think the trivia question helps. So you have igniters for trivia and for the question We don't have a structure. No, that's perfect. It's perfect. It works. And we work so well together. Most of the time, our family calls, and we haven't heard from our family. I know. Not in the last ten minutes. They anyway. gone to bed. They're gonna, mm. let, they're gonna let us go to bed. They, they probably are making coffee for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Send those to two five two seven Duke Place, Coast of Mesa, California, nine two six two six. I can't believe you ran out of tissue. <laughs> 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 I just. How many pounds have you eaten in the I last I have week? no idea. I, I don't know what John sent me two great big bagfuls, so I have to ask John from Maryland. He should be home by tonight from Maryland, so maybe he'll call us on Monday. So maybe I have five pounds worth. I don't know. Hello there, John. <laughs> I can't believe he's at it again. Food. I'm eating a bag of popcorn right now. Yeah, I just, I cannot believe it. I know. Well, I'm, just, I'm, I, just, I, I'm, I, a, I'm a nibbler. No, you know, they're all, it's all free, no calories. <laughs> well, then we, we need to time out here. You are not a nibbler. And you no, are an eater. I have ha- we had ham, hock, and bean for lunch. Uh, we ate, we went to Jackson Box for dinner because we had all these coupons that had to be done by New Year's Eve. Somebody, my I, aunt gave I can hear Kurt shaking his head. No, no, I can no, hear that's, oh, I, can that. head. Yeah. That's, that's, I don't have a problem with that. Let's see here. Now, I, now, Mom and Dad have been having their sea candy on the other table, so I went and nibbled from there. I still got one candy cane in this room, and Patricia Caramel, which tastes like butterscotch. I don't figure this out. Yeah, I don't know. It's not caramel. It's not caramel, but it's not butterscotch either. Well, what do you think it is? It's, it doesn't have a whole lot of flavor, period. Oh, it's not flavor. I don't know what it is. I think it's butterscotch. 
Well, sleep. Actually, I suppose I really can't say much because <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. Because, yeah. Um, a few weeks ago, um, I was down to I was down to 185, mm-hmm. which is not bad for 62. But when I was in the hospital a couple of years ago, I weighed like 181. So, and so since then, I I have been ravenously hungry and eating all the wrong stuff. And um, and you gained four pounds. No, I actually gained about 10. But it will go away again if I, I mean, you know, because mm-hmm. um, unfortunately the, um, the stomach problems take care of that. But um, although I will say I went to my, I went to the, have my labs yesterday and my creatinine was from, went down from 1.7 to 1.4. Good. So that was good. Good. Um, but uh, I just, I just cannot believe that Walden is, is. I'm, I'm deprived. That's why I have to eat. I'm deprived. I see. Well, wait a minute. Now, <laughs> we're, we're going to have to look up the meaning of that word for him, I, Kurt. Actually, we need to find someone who actually believes. It. That's our, that's our first thing. We went, we, Dad. I went to Costco yesterday. We got our prime rib for New Year's Day. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, five dollars and five. five of, five. My 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 accusers months ago said I was the one who talked about food. I have been so silent and so sweet all through all of this, except for gasping when he tells us <laughs> how much he's eating. <sighs> Takes my breath away. Well, now we'll have a roast rabbit for New Year's Eve for Caesar. I don't know what else Mom has planned yet. We'll have to find out. Okay. Well, that's that sounds like fun. Yeah. Actually, we had to, speaking of Jack in the Box, we have the Jack in the Box um, breakfast platters, and they're actually, they're not too bad. Breakfast platters? I didn't know they made such a thing. They have a platter with eggs, mm-hmm. sausage or bacon, hash brown, you know, like the toaster, yep. kind of like the toaster hash browns, yep. and pancakes. Well, when we had it on Christmas, the pancakes were all stuck together and they were really terrible. We had it a couple of days ago, and the the, uh, the pancakes were good. They were actually almost they were actually individual, and they were actually edible. And I find that a, that it takes a breakfast platter and a croissant like sausage thing for to be a whole like a whole meal. So I really suppose suppose I can't judge you because I can eat rather a lot myself. But the only difference is that I would not be eating while I was on the radio. You wouldn't, well, you're not part of the professional school of broadcasting where we just eat and smack, smack away, make uh, sure. Yeah, but see, but, but see, <laughs> we have, since, since we rarely catch you at it, yeah. it means that either you're, well, it means probably part of the same thing. A, you're really good at it, and B, you're, you're really good at it because you've had a lot of practice. <laughs> so that is part of the same thing. Well, I, you know, I'm just... I'm just showing how how beloved I am because the the family have sent me my tushy rolls and I want to show my appreciation on the air that I'm nibbling and and you know. You're trying to get some more. <laughs> you figured that out? How how long did it take you to figure that out, Kurt? He's been two five, he's been pulling for this since last week. Two five two seven Duke Place, Coast of Mesa, California nine two six two six. All tushy rolls. Not that he's asking or expecting. Not, it's not as if I'm surprised. I just... <laughs> oh, wow. Look at this. 
somebody sent me a box. Yeah, right, Kurt. That's good. <laughs> oh, all all, all donations of Tushu are well are well welcome. We will we will accept. Um, by the way, I don't know what was going, what was supposed to be on radio was at seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was listening just as you cut it off, and it was going to be a John Daner suspense, and I forget the other show. Well, Larry Gaffin called me and said it was dead air, so that's why I jumped in there, and then Patricia and I thought, ah, what can I... Yeah, what? but there was, well, yeah, but you, when you, well, yeah. um, I actually, like I said, I only heard it once, once, um, once they, they did the beginning of that when radio was announcement, mm-hmm. and then... How was it? Right at 7.30, well, right around 7.30. Yeah. But I didn't know what the suspense was. Do you guys know the name can, uh, of the... The answer is no. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, do, you, can, do you know the name of the uh, Frontier Gentleman where Daner plays the fat sheriff as well as, as um, Kendall? Yeah, I think we talked about that two days no, ago. No, but what? you didn't mention the name of the... What was the name of it? Patricia? Oh my goodness! You got it. You got it. It Kurt. was uh, yeah. Poor poor Kendall wound up in jail on that one. I was because um, I was looking around for stuff and I looked up the lineup and I looked up Nightbeat and I looked up um, and I looked up Frontier Gentleman and weirdly enough, it doesn't seem like there's an OTRR. Um, Set with Frontier Gentlemen, but there's OTRR single files, and which I can't figure out at all. But uh, up on the Internet Archive site. And by the way, there's a there's a um, if you go up and look under Nightbeat, there's two different collections that I saw out there. One of them actually is only three shows, but the three shows are in pretty good sound and. Um, and then there's 36 in the other one, so I don't know if anybody actually has has put out the complete series in in pretty good sound. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, everybody seems to sell um, Nightbeat, but um, just for download purposes, I, I didn't see um, I, I didn't see any up there. But I also did not know that Morton Fine and David Freakin wrote the lineup either, which I didn't know. Ah, okay. So that I thought was interesting. Now, are we rambling our... Are you asking, are you asking for Nightbeat? Um, no, I think, well, I have, I think I have most of them somewhere. I just uh, was interested in seeing if there was a, a, a good set. But yeah, yeah, I could, if I, yeah, if I, if I, um... Well, I owe you at least one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would like that. Okay. I would like that. Um, and what was your exact your your question for this evening? Because I heard part of was of Walden's answer, but it wasn't random acts of kindness. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who? Who? Once you have done, once you have had done for you, and ones you know about. Well, I think all of the above. My random act of kindness, uh, I mean, it, and it was almost insulting. That's when I was in the sixth grade, and I was walking down the sidewalk, and 
some lady comes up to me and she gave me a nickel. Now, I was in sixth grade, so I was 11. Uh, at that point in time, with a nickel, you could buy a roll of lifesavers. You couldn't do much else with a nickel. So, so that's, Wait a minute. You, you why, did, why did she give you a nickel? I don't know. There was no... She, she did not explain it. She just gave me a nickel. And, and which was actually part of the problem, that I don't know why she gave me this stupid nickel. <laughs> and I, well, it was... <laughs> I mean, all right. I felt as if... I felt as, I mean, you couldn't even... I mean, even buying a Coke was a dime. So, and so she gave you a dollar, would you have felt more better about it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Wait, you're honest. I was kind well, of I'm just going to say, at least, at least we know anything he tells us is the truth now. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just, it's just that, it's just that, that because there was no explanation, I, I, you know, and, and because I don't know why she gave me the nickel, and I wasn't exactly sure, you know, well, what, what did she want me to do with it, you know? Take so, it. Obviously, it was important for her, or I, to her. For you to have it. I suppose. Yeah, sometimes we just don't need to know why. No, I suppose. Although I when suppose, you're in sixth I, grade, you really need to know why. I think, I think because, in fact, I think I was even in orient, orientation training at the time. I think it's when I was up at the blind school and, and uh, we had an orientation class. Well, I, I know the real reason. Yeah. She knew you were going to be on the radio 50 years later and she wanted you to have something to talk about. Yeah, well, yeah, I'd be curious to know how she was when she gave it to me, because I always had the feeling that she was old. You know, I didn't, I didn't think it was some, you know, some young kid. And now, what's your definition of old? Have that changed over the years? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It has. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I remember, I remember never trust anybody over thirty, and the people that said never trust anybody over thirty are now seventy. <laughs> Oh, I think he's older than that. Oh, my than goodness, that. I know. I think he's even older than that. I think that. he's 78 or something. No, like. I don't think he's... Because I, 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 I don't know, but I know... I, I know that um, people saying don't trust anybody over 30 was was like Jerry Rubin and Abby Hoffman, and, and of course, Abby Hoffman's dead. Yeah, he's dead, yeah. And Jerry, Jerry Rubin, you know, and even, I think, Tom Hayden, who became a city yep. councilman. And, yep, yep. I mean, you know... You know, somebody said, you know, if you're if you're young and a liberal, you know, it's you're, it's wise. If you're old and liberal, uh, no. If you're young and liberal, you have a heart, and if you're old and liberal, you're foolish. Oh, I thought if you're old and liberal, you're dead. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> that's good. That's good. No, I thought you were going to say need a heart. No, well. If you're young and if you're young and liberal, you have a heart. And if you're old and liberal, you need a heart. Actually, I, I do like that one. I, think I don't know. I think it's actually something else. Um, I don't know what what the right phrase on that right now. Yeah, somebody but I, now I'd like to know, Kurt, what, oh, you, what would you consider old today? Well, I'm 60, so... You're getting up there. Yeah. <laughs> so... And I can't believe I'm I'm 60 and still alive. <laughs> you know, because I thought 
I actually expected that I was going to get run over and killed or something at a much younger age. Uh-huh. I just never expected to be to be this old. Yeah, uh, you know. And um, so I don't know. I, I, I used to think like like 50 was old, but now it's and my but see my mother's 91. So I mean. Uh, in my mind, I don't think you're old until you hit 90. Yeah. Now, maybe because I've been around older folks for my whole life, and I and maybe because I've been around people who have been extremely active. Right. You know. Well, how old is how old is Frank Rizzi? Frank is 80. Uh, born in 29, so he'll be 84 next year. As I heard him talking last night about the fact that he didn't that he didn't like. Mm-hmm. Nope. He and Bobby have di- had disagreement on the two movies they went to. They went to two different movies Christmas Day. They, one liked the one, like one, like one, the other one liked the other. So no. they disagreed. Well, I can't. I actually, he's in, what did he go to? He went to see Guilt Trip? Uh, yeah. I am actually surprised. I have to say I'm kind of surprised. Because, mostly because, because even though... Barbara Streisand is a good actress. Uh, most people do not admit that they like Barbara Streisand in, it, in any form whatsoever. <laughs> and so I'm really kind of surprised that they that they went to see uh, went to see. Uh, well, part of the problem, they seen all the movies. They don't they they they, 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 they don't have any other option at the moment. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, as far as as random acts of kindness. Um,
but well, yeah, they're random. Those are, and and that's what I said at the beginning of the show. Not necessarily big things like people picking up tabs at the layaway counter, but the kinds of things that make a difference in people's lives, and you don't even. You know, I mean, as you say, it's not a, a planned event, and everything from letting somebody ahead of you in line at the supermarket to picking up stuff because somebody yanked it off the shelf and left it on the floor, that kind of stuff. And what you're telling me is a little bit more important than that, that, you know, people cared enough about this man to make sure that he got where he needed to go. Right, right. Yeah, and, you know, so, but anyway... Those are good examples. They're perfect. Um, Bob Dylan is 71. Okay. How did you well, know that? I, wow. I knew it was close. Didn't, how did you know that? He seemed older. Because I remember WUMB did a did a, um, uh, a a show on his 70th birthday, and then they had a for last Valentine's Day they had a show called Covers, and it was it was covers of Dylan songs all day. Oh my Bob God! Dylan. It was just covers of his songs for Valentine's Day of. Ah, uh, okay, of got it. 2012. So. Yeah, other people sang them. Um, yeah, had you heard most of the songs sung by Bob Dylan before you heard these? Yes. How did the performers measure up against his performances? Most of them are pretty interesting. There's a lot of them. There's, there's, there's a few that I say, I say, you know, why did that person decide to? to discover, but um, I actually um, uh, went to, went, was taken by the orientation instructor when I was in the sixth grade. Unfortunately, I was, had a cold, and so I was on cold medication, and I fell asleep, but he actually took me to a Dylan concert in, in 64, which I really wish I had a tape of, because... 64 would have probably been before he went electric, and um, uh, I always uh, followed Dylan after that as far as what he was doing and, and you know, listened yeah. to every album as it came out, and so I was, was really sorry that there was, some, no, I had no way to record, you know, the concert, because I would love to have heard what I actually missed and didn't remember. Oh, Yeah. That. Didn't remember also because I was too young anyway. It would have, because obviously it would have meant more when I was older. But you know. Sure, sure. I mean, his his music wasn't exactly done for teenagers. No, no. But I, well, here's I, I, I was, I was more, I was involved pretty young in terms of with the Joan Baez, Phil Oaks, uh, that type of music in the during the war protest movement. And only later realized that most of what I think I was protesting was, was I was protesting my father, who was a, a major in the Marines, and you know we had a, we had kind of misunderstandings for a long time about that. But uh, you know that's it was an interesting era in the '60s, so you know I was as affected, even though I wasn't going to have to go to Vietnam or anything. Yeah. Uh, my older brother was, uh, but didn't. It, you know, for somebody who was born, you know, t second half of the 60s, you know, you're true, in 60s, I was looking back upon the 60s, it being such a tra uh, traumatic period. It seemed like there was just so much 
upheaval. Yes. Yeah. It just Everything seemed that crashing way. crashing into each other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and people true. like Bob Dylan and Joan Baez sang about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was right. a great special about Joan Baez. Oh, gosh. I think Ken Goss sent it to me. I'm sure he did. It was a, a PBS special that he had recorded. And Joan Baez talked a lot about Bob Dylan in that. The two of them had a really solid relationship. Well, if you go back to the song Diamonds and Rust, um, you know, which uh, would... <laughs> solid relationship is one way to put it. Uh, they apparently had an affair for I'm not sure exactly how long. And uh, so... But, of course, as she got older, and interestingly enough, because, like I said, she wrote and sang Diamonds and Rust, and now that she's about 10, 15, I'm not sure even how many years since Diamonds and Rust, at the end of the song she now says, and if if you're offering me Diamonds and Rust, originally she said, I've already paid. Now she says, I'll take the diamonds. Yeah, you know, and I think I think uh, I don't know the song. Well, I think uh, I think know, I. It's a famous song that she wrote for Bob Dylan uh, later on after they had 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 their affair. Hmm. But uh, uh, you know, anyway, which that's kind of uh, way away from old radio in the sense that because it's veering dangerously close to politics, which I don't. You know, um, yeah, big tech, big, big, I bet Big Tex is asleep. So, uh-huh. I bet Big Tex is asleep. Big Tex, that's Bobby asleep. Oh, Big Tex. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just I pulled up Bob Dylan to find out what his birthday is. It's May twenty fourth, and he's seventy one years old. And boy, you were right on the money. But here, I'm looking at a list of names he's also known by. Do you know any of those names? Um. No, um, no, I don't. Elston Gunn, Blind Boy Grunt. Oh yes, okay. I can. I'll explain that one. Okay, Bob Landy, L-A-N-D-Y. Robert Milkwood. Oh, I'm sorry, Robert Milkwood Thomas. Tatum Porterhouse. Lucky Boo Wilbury. Jack Frost and Sergei Petrov. Now tell me about Blind Boy Blind Grunt. Blind Boy Grunt was a name that he used on a non-Columbia record on which he could not perform as Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. And so he therefore uh, performed as Blind Boy Grunt. Uh, what was that one, Bob Milkwood Thomas? was That one's pretty funny. That's, a, of course, a play on on Dylan Thomas. And in the, in the beginning, when he first came out, they, they always asked him about Dylan Thomas because that was the only Dylan that they knew was Dylan Thomas. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Dylan Thomas wrote a play called Under Milkwood. And so, therefore, you have, you have Robert Milkwood Thomas. I think, that one, I think that's pretty funny. I like that one. I, I think that's – he was very clever with his well, names. And Dylan, Tom, Dylan Thomas did indeed influence him when he chose his name. He was born Robert Allen Zimmerman. And had he stayed with his his given name and his family name, his surname, it, I, he, I don't. Do you think he would have made it with that name no. in 
same sense that he no, he made it with Bob I think, Dylan? I think yeah. because of his because of his going to New York as a folk singer and because because of his, because of his talent and because of the way the way he he lived his life and wrote his songs. Um, I think um, I think he definitely uh, with um, with that with his with Bob Dylan became um, became famous because as much because of his his lifestyle as and of course mm-hmm. you know, meeting all the famous folkies um, of the '60s and writing a song to Woody Guthrie and I think he even went to see Woody Guthrie and uh, we saw a um, American uh, Masters or American Experience or whatever on PBS about Woody Guthrie. And um, the uh, conservatives say, oh, yes, well, he was a communist. But for Woody Guthrie, as a, as a folk singer, becoming a person with Huntington's Korea, which meant that he could not talk and he couldn't even meet you if he really liked you because he would hurt you because he couldn't control his body and he would get excited and he might hit you in the face or whatever because he could not control his body. And being locked in your body like that for the last few years of his life. Huntington's Korea is a brutal, brutal disease, brutal disease. And of course, very lucky that Arlo Guthrie, his son, Mm -hmm. did not, and as far as I know, Woody is the last Huntington sufferer that, that we know of in that family. Well, he yes. wrote. He wrote this one is my my land, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Great song. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, that's a minor miracle. And of course, you don't know because Huntington's Korea shows up later in life, so you right. you can't be unless they've had genetic testing done. And some people just say, I don't want to know. But um, it's a hereditary disorder, so yes. it's, it's a minor miracle that the rest of the family has escaped this. Right. Well. He wrote "This Land Is Your Land" as an answer to uh, to "God Bless America," um, and and um, so. But he he was very much when the war came along. He was very much knew that we had to fight the war, and he joined the navy, and and um, so you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, he had a radio show for a while, and uh, which. I, I think I heard a couple of, of uh, days worth of where they used to sell their their little song books and you'd send in your quarter and your your dime and, and get uh, a song, a little 24-page pamphlet of, of stuff that he'd written. So that was that was quite interesting. Boy, oh boy, I'll bet. I, mean, I did not know any of that. I didn't know he had a radio show. Yeah. Yeah, it was, oh. I think it was out in Los, well, I, I know he had one in Los Angeles. And, um, I, I, and I, yeah, I don't know, um, I don't know if I kept the, the material, because they, they did some, because um, I think it was his hundredth, uh, would have been his hundredth birthday um, this, uh, in 2012. Mm-hmm. And so they did. Uh, they did some specials on him. So, 
My goodness. Well, I don't think Bob Dylan would have made it as Robert Allen Zimmerman. No, I don't either. I don't there is nothing wrong with that name. It just is not musical. It is not theatrical. Right. But he did very well with his name change, and uh, yes, yes. he did a good one. Dylan is good. Dylan is good. I've just, I've, I've been puzzled for my entire life. He's not the only one who does it. I've been puzzled about people who can coordinate themselves well enough to play the harmonica and guitar at the same time back off the harmonica, sing, and then go back on the harmonica and never miss a beat. You're right, and, to... and, I, uh, I th and I was thinking about that, uh, listening to some old Beatles stuff and, and wondering, you know, how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. That's, that is kind of curious, <laughs> I'm, you know. And I'm, he's good at it. I mean, it's not just yeah. like, you know, he's up there going toot toot. He's no, really he's... good. He knows what he's doing with it. Yeah. But playing the harmonica is all by itself because it is not an easy instrument to play, and then the guitar on top of it, I don't know. Yeah, these right. people, they, that's why these people are entertainers and I'm not. Yep, yep. I'm I still wondering they, how they do it, and they just go do it. Yep, and the rest of us just, the rest of us, you know, look on and, and they like what they do and, and wish, you know. And, of course, it wasn't until we have all these TV shows now that, that you know, try to, to to bring people along who can sing or, or whatever, and you know, and then and then you know some of them get their dreams, and of course most of them don't. But uh, I think it's so difficult for those shows because of so much of the of the really bad and painful stuff that you have to listen to 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 the auditions and stuff, and you know. But you know, if you think about it, that that the current. Uh Run of shows. It's nothing underneath the sun. We're just going. We're just moving the clock back seventy years. Oh, I agree. I agree. To major bows and the amateurs hours. That's all we've done. And well, yeah, and, and I think I don't know whether Arthur Godfrey counts in that or not. Oh sure. Oh yeah. But uh, but I'm thinking major bows showing the both the best and the worst. Singing "She Bangs" from American Idol, and it was so, it was so bad. But he actually.